So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and I am really just proud to be on this podcast today to share some really good nuggets. I've got a, I had a great guest today that's going to really talk about not only um, some operations, some systems, some real meat and potatoes on, on some things that he's done to be successful, but also just some general just stories of grit, stories of you know, the things that we all go through as investors and how you got to keep trying to to grind and and really just to live the life, you know, the things you got to do in the beginning to live the life that no one else will ever, ever get the experience of. But if you're listening to this podcast, this is you. You, you will get there and you will have success. I want to take a quick minute and just jump over to iTunes and uh, give a quick little uh, shout out to the latest um, entry, and that just came from Cashflow Seth. And Cashflow Seth says, Corey is the best. Nothing more needs to be said. Gosh dang it. I, I appreciate that, Seth. <laughs> Listen, I honestly, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't. I Hopefully you feel it in my voice of how much I love it when you take the time, because I know it sucks, to go onto iTunes and leave a, a, a review, good, bad, or ugly, I don't even care. But I really appreciate your support in that, and uh, thanks, thanks for playing. Let you be next. If you if you're sitting there listening to this uh, podcast and you've it's helped you in some way, shape, or form, don't be afraid to let other people know. Take the time to do that because it really does. A, it puts a smile on my face, uh, but more importantly, you know, it lets me know that that, that I'm doing the, doing the stuff that you guys enjoy. So, with that said couple little uh, housekeeping items. One, listen, if you're looking to get into the business um, and really have a really low starting point of entry or barrier to entry, man, we've created everything that I've ever created. And I mean, from forms to bios to, gosh, I mean, everything, everything that I've ever created is in one spot. It's called Kahuna HQ. And at Kahuna HQ for $97 a month, you can get my RPM course, my cash flow calculator, and all the supporting case studies and training on how to use and to underwrite deals simply and fast and quickly and efficiently and not have it to like blow up your brain because it's hard to use. It's really easy to use. My apartments to millions course, my raising private money. Listen, there's just so much stuff loaded in there that I've learned along the way that every time I, I come up with something new, I just throw it in there. And so you'll find that it's I think it's I think it's powerful. I think it'll help you on your journey. So kahunahq.com, $97 a month. Would love to uh, have you be a part of our, our community. Now, 
I'm going to tease something that we're getting ready to come up, and it's not ready yet, but I'm going to tease it now because we are putting together, we've been, we've been really wanting to do it, but because of COVID, we were going to do it this year, but COVID put a little bit of wah, wah, wah in our plans, and that's to create the Apartments to Millions Summit. And, but we are creating the summit. We actually just locked up a hotel today um, in Scottsdale. It's a really nice Hyatt. And we're going to do this event in April. So this is going to be the Apartments to Million Summit. We've already got a tremendous speaker lineup. It's going to be super valuable, um, super cheap to attend. We just want our community, all our people on, uh, you know, that are listening to this podcast, we want you to attend, um, and all your friends. I mean, this is the place where you'll find deals, where you'll find money, where you'll find partners. It is really kind of like a, a reunion of a bunch of different people that will help you get what you want. And then the education and the people that we're bringing in there, they're not selling, okay? This is not a pitch show. Um, you're just going to get great people that are really active in the industry giving some of their golden nuggets. And so I'm pre-teasing it now because I'm telling you this event, there's only one way we do events here at Kahuna Investments. And that's big kahuna style. You will not want to miss this. It'll be probably the best event of 2021, if you're asking me. So we've put a lot of time and a lot of thought into what we're going to do. And I think you're going to enjoy it. All right. So with that said, let's bring on my new guest, Chad Whitfield. So Chad started investing in equity markets when he was 17 years old. And a few years later, he moved over to currency markets, uh, doing trading. Real estate had always been interested uh, to Chad, but he didn't know how to effectively get into the market at the right time. So he actually joined Blue Spruce Holdings, which is my good friend Adam Adams' company. And he applied his skill building digital systems while he got to learn about real estate um, in in a really deeper mode. And so he will tell you, I I think he'll say that he is an operating specialist, or more importantly, what I call an integrator. And he's very talented, very sharp. Um, He's got a really good head on his shoulders. And like they currently, he's partnered in over $30 million in real estate syndications. And he's only 27. He's living his dream. So without further ado, let's welcome Chad. All right, Chad. Hey, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, uh, super excited to have you, and um, I've been wanting to get you on for a while. I want everybody to know that uh, Chad is not only really good in multifamily uh, space, but uh, he shares a common love for a thing that I really like, which is motorcycles. So he is, now, he, I'm, he's not a Harley guy, okay? So I'm a little biased there, but, I, I, but I'm, I'm going to let it slide because what he can do on other bikes, I can never do. And uh, so uh, tell us about your little passion with uh, motorcycles, bro. When did it start? Oh, man, I started pretty young because I um, when I was growing up, man, I like grew up in a, in a super middle class family. Like you had to earn your keep. Yeah. Right? Buy your own, you had to really earn your keep. And I and it was a really wealthy area. And so all my friends had like really nice cars that were fast. Yeah. Right? And I had my piece of crap Dodge Neon zero to 60 in forever. And then I started looking at bikes, man. And I'm like, dude, the performance I can get on a motorcycle for like my first bike was like two grand. Yep. And I'm like, the performance. What was your I first get, bike? 
It was a Yamaha Thundercat 600. So I had a Honda Nighthawk 750. Yeah, there you go, man. Yep. Yep. And it just evolved from there, man. And I, it it just turned into addiction. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so if you've not, uh, I mean, you got to check out Chad's Facebook page because he's got gnarly, you do some gnarly stuff, bro. Like you're not the average rider. You're like getting on one wheels, you're smoking tires, you're, you're doing stuff that um, the amateur guy would be like, oh, hell to the no. And uh, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And not only that, but you also got some serious uh, mountain biking skills as well. I've seen you get some big air, dude, uh, that would make the most men uh, probably squeal in their pants and uh, leave something behind. that's right man that's right it's funny it's funny that you know that's kind of the the first thing we start talking about because that is really what led me into this world of multifamily man i i really wanted the the, some of the freedom that you could get so i could go buy the bikes and just enjoy them and go ride on a tuesday afternoon and not have to check in with a boss dude and that's it right that's all it was it's all it was because i and and so it's funny because i feel like when people get us to a, a point of, you know, some success, they start getting their time back, right? Yeah. And then you start really seeing what those people really enjoy. And so, like, I like to travel a lot, but everybody, you know, and I also have Jeep, right? So I, I like, I Jeep a lot. That's my gig, get my yeah. Jeep and go do stuff. And, um, and for you, it's mountain biking and riding your motorcycle. I mean, it's very apparent that when you're off, which is a lot, right? Because every time I look over there, like, he's out in trail again. <laughs> but I mean, why not, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like, once you get a taste of it, you can't, you can't. Freedom's stop. hard to let go, right? That oh, taste will linger. You, yeah, you see, you you're hungry ways. for more of it. Exactly. Exactly. Keep finding ways to buy back your time and and automate some of that heavy lifting and. That's that's what it's all about. Well, talking about automation, this is a great segue because one of the things uh, that you're really kind of known for, I think, is operations and systems. And so I would love for you to share. Uh, we talked about maybe going two different ways of, of just like deal, you know, getting deals or, or money. Mm-hmm. Open up your playbook a little bit. Tell us tell us what what it is that you do and how you do it better than most, I think. Yeah, for sure. I, so when I first got started into real estate, I didn't go the single family flipping route or the wholesaling. I went straight into multifamily syndication. Prior to that, I was uh, launching a company with a partner and I ran all of our marketing and all of our systems. I was still really, really young. I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I just kind of looked around our industry and figured out what other people were doing and figured out how to replicate it. Like, you know, copy success for real. And what I started to realize very quickly when I transitioned into multifamily is the stuff I was doing, it wasn't like revolutionary for any other industry. It's just like in our industry of multifamily syndication, like we were a little bit behind on a lot of the marketing systems and the automations. On the technology side, right? Exactly. Because it's always been good old boy broker side. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, so one of my favorite, one of my like earliest on examples that really like started to click for me. One of the first roles I had with our company was to start bringing in a pipeline of deals. And, you know, what was, you know, what's the normal thing? Go to CCIM.com, start calling brokers, 
yep. and try and get a deal sent to you. Try right? and get relationships. Yep. Yep. And I may not come. Exactly. Yeah. I realized really quickly that I was like one of 50 people probably, I mean, I'm probably exaggerating, but you know, one of, one of several people calling that broker that day. Yeah. So then I started to think about how I can start standing apart. So what I had started doing is first reaching out to them on LinkedIn. And I used this automation system that did all the heavy lifting for me. So it'd send them a connection request, a follow-up request, um, and then, you know, book a call, get on that call. And then I would set up a trigger response so that it follows up with that broker. And then I really started to, to understand that it's, it was, especially with trying to find deals, it's, it's really not about quantity. It's about the quality. Right. How much, how well do you know a broker and, how, and does he like you? Exactly. And what do you have in common that you can talk about other than real estate? Exactly. Yep. So now that when I have a broker in our system, they get, they get the whole nine, right? The half so, and you're using LinkedIn. LinkedIn's your ninja, or at least... That was on. my, yeah, that, that was really the first point of contact. Dude, I'm already interested. I'm like, dude, tell me more. I'm like, hold on, trigger response. I even like that word, trigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, primarily because like, I just wanted to be different, right? I didn't want to be one of 30 guys calling this broker. So I wanted to try and find a different way to get in front of them. And it was yeah. just, it, the first place was LinkedIn. Well, and that's actually somewhat easy, like, because now... I'm a Facebook fan, but I'm learning to become better at LinkedIn because LinkedIn is where all my professional people are that I probably want their money. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, but brokers are on there too because they're professional people. And, you know, they don't always think like we do as entrepreneurs. They're different. It's okay. But, um, but they're out there portraying, you know, I'm the broker, I'm the professional, I've got clients and yada, yada. But if you can come at them in a, in a nice way, because sometimes everybody hits that automation button that sucks. It seems like when I look at my email, uh, my LinkedIn stuff, I don't know about you, but like, I just go through, I'm like, crap, 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 crap. Then I see an uh, authentic message, like, oh, I'll read it. Exactly. But if it's not authentic, I just, it's like, crap, yeah. crap, crap, crap. Don't send me your bullshit stuff. Like everybody's got this long forward paragraph thing of how they're so great and that we should talk exactly no. yeah that that's really the key with automation just in general and and mass marketing right like what kind uh, of mass what, marketing like so for example there let's say i have a thousand contacts on linkedin and yep. 500 of them are dentists 500 of them are engineers you know they're fairly high net worth individuals uh let's just say my goal is to start opening up a conversation with those people via linkedin First yep. point of contact, right? Mm-hmm. What you're not going to do, and this is what 95% of people do when they try to automate those 500 messages, those thousand messages. Hey, this is Chad. Um, I'm investing in real estate. I see that you are in Denver. I wanted to reach out, schedule a call, um, see how we can work together, right? That's probably not what you should do because it comes off cheesy, salesy. Crappy, yes, yes. Right? The first thing you do is lead with a compliment. Right. Hey, Corey, it looks like you're crushing it as an engineer at GM. You know, super right. simple, super yeah. simple. Right. Don't overthink yeah. it. And so that like my mantra with all of this stuff has just been keep it simple, stupid, because people butcher this stuff. Just yeah. because you can doesn't mean because that's how we normally talk in real life is yeah. in short little fragments. We don't talk about a for a novel. That's not how we do it. Right. Right. Oh, that's yeah, ninja, so, dude. Yeah, keep. All right, Chad. I'm already telling you. I'm. I'm. This is a great reason to bring my Jeep to uh, Colorado. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sit down with you for two days and I'm going to pay you. You're, you're going to teach me this. I'm down, man. It's super. <laughs> do you even teach fun. it? Do you teach you this? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I did. Uh, I did a little oh. course on it. And we'll just share um, your course at the end, dude. And we'll tell everybody to go buy it. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, it's legit. One of the biggest things that I, what, that I transitioned from. I'll let you know, Isaac like, know that he's uh, sorry. Sorry. I'm going to let Isaac know that he's got a new uh, uh, thing that he's going to watch. Yeah, it's huge. It's super huge. And then I started to put in VAs on the on the back end follow up yep. where, where you lose that automation where it's done and you need to be strategic and personal. Yep. And you throw a VA in place and you know you really just put the system. Oh, so you got in this place mapped out. I'm just, gonna follow it exactly because yeah. I first of all I trust you. Right. Yeah. And B, um, you know, I'm I'm all about copyrighted success. If you can find information faster, quicker, smarter, don't work harder. Yeah. Because we have broke relationships, but I'm like, dude, if I can mass do that, and I'm just thinking about the money side more money so side than than, than, um, than even the broker side. I feel like we got good broker relations, but I'm not even using LinkedIn, probably like most of my listeners, to mm-hmm. even any of its capacity of what it can do. I know it's good. Powerful, man. It's it, it, The way I like to look at it is it's like the Google of human beings. Yeah. Right. Like the, the search query on LinkedIn is insane. You can target people down from their occupation, where they live, who they're connected with. So you can get hyper targeted with who you want to spend your time with. You know, that's that's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited <laughs> because like this is stuff you're here. I am. I'm I'm a, I'm 46 years old and I you, Chad still looks like he's 21. OK, but um, he's probably 22. OK, but uh <laughs> I always say when it comes to technology, like me, I'm already becoming an old fart, right? Because like my capacity to want to keep learning is dwindling a lot rapidly. And so I don't even want to do it anymore, but I I know I should. And so anymore, that's why we build teams. So like, I'm just going to send one of my team and say, dude, go get Chad's course and learn it and then implement it. (laughs) And don't, and don't try to recreate it. That's the other problem that I see a lot of, uh, investors or, or people that buy education, yep. they try to change it. Dude, it so works. True. Don't change it. It works. Yeah. Just follow the, so only change it if you did it 10 million times and then you like something a little different. <laughs> yeah. Things a little different, then then you can call it and tweak it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fun stuff, man. What yeah, else, we, man? What else you got? Come on. Yeah, one of my favorites that I've been doing quite a bit more recently, and it, it's it's really for the guy who's like kind of just getting started and doesn't have much of investors list yet. Yeah, the lead, the simple lead magnet funnel, super simple, right? Like, and it's it's a really cool way to to bring a new person into your world and send them along those steps from somebody you've never met before all the way to an investor in your deal. Yeah, and the way that I love to build these systems is it keeps track of every point of contact so that God forbid, if you ever did get audited by the SEC, you did, nope, I talked to him here. He downloaded my book here. He opened my email here, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, a really, uh, it's a really fun one as well. Um, That's something we've, we've implemented and it is a game yeah. changer, right? And, and your really, Facebook ads too. Yeah, well, no, we're driving, yeah. we drive Facebook ads, driving to um, our free book, yep. right, or free report or whatever your lead magnet is. Mm-hmm. And then... We deliver it, and then eventually, about four emails in, we say, "Get into the deal room." Yeah, right. You need to get into the deal room, and everybody does. 
they click yeah. on it. They schedule their one-on-one with Shelly, my wife, via Zoom. It's all automated. After the Zoom call with my wife, and I want to hear about your what's your steps to your funnel. Then we go to, um, once she's done, she sends a DocuSign form. And when they complete it, and she's got about a 95% total completion rate. And That's then it awesome. gets stored in our, in our CRM. So we always have it. And then you have that record, right? Mm-hmm. What's your guys' process? It's very, very similar. Very, very, very similar um, with the investor questionnaire form. The biggest thing that we switched recently is coming from more of a qualification approach, right? Yeah. Where you have to you have to apply to work with us. You can't, you can't, not everybody can invest in our deals. And you know, you can we can go talk about sales psychology and NLP and all that good stuff, but we we've really enjoyed that kind of approach with it. Um, because it's true, right? You know, you really don't want the investor that's calling you every other week. Hey, is Sally still in unit 101? I want to make sure we're still good. What Never. color in those walls? Like we do not want yeah. that kind of person. So I see we're $5 long on the payroll. What happened? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All it takes is all it takes is one investor you've had to blacklist. And then so you're are you using kind of a pre form? Like when, before they even say, Hey, I wanted the deal room. It's like, click a button. And then it says, Hey, what kind of investor are you? Like, what do you have to work with? What are you asking? Yeah. Immediately. Pretty much immediately after they've opted into that lead magnet. Yeah. Okay. Just some qualifications to scrub out all the people that don't even want to give you that information because the ones that are usually are too scared to even play the game, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In my uh, most of my investor qualification forms, and I've I've set this up for some clients who aren't as aggressive with it, so we switch it up for them. But we start slow, right? Yeah. Start slow. Tell us about your investing experience. Have you done stocks? Blah blah blah. And then you go. Income, occupation, net worth. Okay. And then yeah. commitment. Yeah. Type yeah. of deal. So that's fun. But yeah, it's kind of funny, right? So like I've I like I said, I have set this kind of stuff up for clients and whatnot. And it's so funny because sometimes they'll be like, Chad, these these emails or these this copy is really salesy. I'm like, well, it is sales copy. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's called sales copy. We're we're driving people. For a reason, because we yep. want them to do something, right? It's really funny. And then yeah. you're like, you're going to miss out if you don't do this now. Because <laughs> that's, you know, and, but it has to be done. Like, I think I've learned too, and, and it, you just got to, you got to do it. There's a, it's a proven, there's a proven way to do things most of the time. And again, why try to like be the rogue maverick when you can just follow the herd and do what works? Absolutely. Right. And there's a reason why it is. Like you look at some of the greatest speakers in the world. I've been listening to um, Les Brown, right? I like, I like, I've been going hiking. I listen to Les Brown. I love the way he talks. I love the way he can motivate a room and get all the room to do stuff and stand up and give high fives and tell, you know, and like he's got them like on the edge of the seat, just waiting for him to say something else. Right. And they're, you know, he's clapping when they say in the clap, he's saying, you know, and I'm like, dude, that's an art form. And it's much like, and it's, and you say, well, gosh, well, he just did it that time. But then he goes to the next place the next day, does the same speech and gets the same response. And it's because it is a process. It is an art form and it's built that way. Just same, the same thing with copy, right? That's right. Sales That's copy. Right. I, I got a, I got a fun one for you. Yeah. Have you done business or gained an investor from riding motorcycles with them? Oh, yes. That's my favorite way. 
Same. I love so it. So oh, we've been, so fun. we've not done this yet. But I bought the <laughs> list. I bought a list. I bought a, um, a high net worth list that likes motorcycles. Oh, that's awesome. Right. And cause I was like, now I've not done anything with it yet. Cause I'm just, I'm busy. I'm like one of those things where you buy something, you think you're really excited and then you don't do anything. <laughs> like Corey does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have great ideas. And then I move on to something else. But, um, my whole thought process was eventually I'll be like, Hey John, or Hey Chad, what do you like to do for fun? And Chad, you could be like, you wouldn't even think about motorcycles maybe, but maybe you're like, well, I like to golf. And I was like, well, I like golf. I was like, you know, Chad, I love riding motorcycles, man. And then you'd be like, Ooh, ooh, ooh huh, so yeah. do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, man. That's right. <laughs> And then we have a conversation, man. And like, then that next conversation is totally different. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah. That's so true. I, my, uh, I, I like to go ride during yeah. the weeks during yeah. the week as it is just the weekends just get so crazy. Are you in a motorcycle club or like a, a, a riding club for people? Yeah. How yeah. many people have you met from that? Oh gosh. Hundreds, man. Hundreds, hundreds. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny. It, it feels like clockwork at this point because I, I just turned 27 uh, a week or two ago. And yeah, it's only two years or a couple years off. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll go ride with some, with some older guys and they'll be like, man, you're a pretty young guy. Like, how are you riding during the week at all the time? Like, I'm just, just in real estate. Oh, really? And then, the, you know, so it's super nonchalant and man, has that been fun? I, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Dude, so tell me, tell me more about that. Like, how does that, um, how do you develop those relationships as they go? Because I believe that's the, the the best way to do it, right? Because you're really not talking shop, are you? Not really. No. I mean, I mean, you're not talking about money. You're talking about motorcycles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because because I mean, I mean, have you ever taken them out to the side and say, "Hey, let me show you what I do"? Oh yeah, for sure. It's just not like on the first date. No. No. Right? Exactly. You've yeah. got to be. You got to belong to the group and be. Like you, you got to earn the right to finally where they come and ask you because everybody's already thinking they'll smell the dog that's sitting there trying to, you know, piss on everybody's, you know, you know dinner. Yeah, that's so right. true. Yeah. It, it's funny. It's like the, in general, I mean, there's, there's a couple scenarios where it's been different, but in general, I meet somebody during the week riding motorcycles. You're young. How do you do this? Blah, blah. blah. Oh, I'm in real estate. Oh, that's cool. You know, I'm, I have a rental or I've, I've all been looking at Airbnb or whatever. And then that's pretty much it. And then we're, we're, then here's where the money happens, though. Then we become friends on Facebook. Yep. And then they start to see that. Yes. There's a lot of lifestyle. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. You know, there's a lot of fun stuff. And then I, then I get the DM. Then they message me, Chad, we should talk. I want to know more about what you're doing. Yep. You don't even have to sell it, do you? No. Yeah. Not really. At first, you know, when, when before I you know, had a bit more time freedom and, and had some fun hobbies and toys and all that. It was a little bit different just because the conversation wasn't positioned the way it is today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you am not really even selling it, you know, which is, which is really fun. Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, that is the, that is. So I equate that when I was a financial advisor um, yeah. with Edward Jones. So whatever Jones taught me was to go hang out where money hangs out and where money hangs out is like hobbies Mm-hmm. Um, you know, car hobby, any type of hobby, golf hobby, motorcycle hobby, right? For oh, and then um, charity hobbies. Charities are great places to find lots of money, but you don't go to the charity to get money. 
go to the charity because you like charity. Exactly. And you want to be a part. And then you volunteer your butt off and you become a servant to the charity. And then everybody else that's sitting there watching, the, after about a, you know, a good amount of time, they invite you into the fold. Now you're one of them. Right. And then they want to do business with you because they'll get to know you like you. They'll know you like you, trust you. And like you said, that Facebook, they'll, they'll start tracking you a little bit. And you've got a really cool position because you're like, what's this young 27-year-old kid? Like, wow, I never had that, you know? Yeah. And they want to know more, huh? Yeah. And it's funny, right? Like I'm, you know, I live a really simple life, man. You know, I, I just, I don't, I don't it didn't go out and buy the house or the hundred thousand dollar sports car. Like I just, you know, just keep it really, really You've simple. Definitely not painted your walls. What's that? You've definitely not painted your walls. yeah yeah man i keep it super simple and you know and and keep it into that's for everybody that's watching on youtube right now (laughs) what's that that's for everybody that's what Liz watching on youtube right now yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) but there's nothing wrong with that right like i get it it's like dude what 27 year old wouldn't love to be in that spot where you're at right now i mean think about that right what would you tell the 27-year-old right now that's not started? What's say that one more time? What would you tell that 27-year-old that, that hasn't started yet but wants is thinking about getting in the business? Yeah, I, I'd say start now. And if you got a day job, don't quit it. Mm-hmm. Eat, eat and grind until the, the supplemental income replaces the primary and just grind it out. See, I, I kind of did the opposite, man. I got out of college started a business, had it fail miserably. It wiped out my life savings. I had no money when I got started into real estate, which is not good, right? Like you, you, you need some money for real. Yeah. Like yeah. you just do. And I was end up park- being a street racer, huh? Yeah. Right. Dude, I was parking, uh, I was parking valet cars, downtown Denver. My first two years getting started just to keep keep the bills paid and, and keep myself fed and make it happen. So man, I was a grind, but man, I tell you what, dude, there was a lot of times where I thought about, you know, cause I did like, I, like I said, I graduated college. Like there was nothing stopping me from just going to get a job. Like, right. right. But there was a lot of times where I'm like, man, screw this. I'm done. And I'm really, really glad I didn't. So stay persevered to the dream that you want to live and remember why you got started in the first place, because it's easy to lose sight of it. That's a story that a lot of people need to hear. Yep. It's really That's easy to say, throw in the towel, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. every day, sometimes when you're, because I think every successful person goes through a grind mm-hmm. and, and a part that really maybe tests their metal. And that sounds like that was that time for you where you had to like figure out, am I, do I have the guts to stay? Right. Right. Because you had a degree mm-hmm. and like that makes you very marketable out there in, in the world. Yeah. But to stay an entrepreneur, that's a little different. Yeah. That's the journey that most people. And how did you get through the the hard parts or the, the failures? Right. Because I think we all fail. Like I've failed more than I care to mention. <laughs> yeah. And had hard I, times. Yeah. So I like I said, I grew up in a, in a fairly middle class area, a middle class family, but in a fairly wealthy area. And I grew up working at like a top one percent country club. So everyone knew I was a car guy and I was driving Ferrari, brand new Ferraris, Lamborghinis, brand new Corvettes. And I'm thinking to myself, man, 
John just pulled up in his seventh Maserati this month. Yeah. My dad's driving the Chevy Malibu. Like what, what's the difference here? And so I kept going back to that and I kept remembering seeing these guys just playing golf on a Tuesday afternoon, doing whatever the hell they wanted. Okay. So you got programmed by watching some other people and living that lifestyle that you're like, I'm watching it happen. Mm -hmm. And then I come home, I see another, another reality. Yep. And you're like, how do I get the other reality that I keep seeing when I, every time I go to work? Yep. And you I was exposed to some that, really man. wealthy people at a young age, right? Very, very wealthy. And a lot of them, you know, looked, took me out under their wing. Like one dude taught me how to trade stocks when I was like 17 years old, man. And, and you know, so just being in that environment and just, I just kept going back there. I just kept going back to it. And not necessarily about the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis. Yeah, no, no. It's it's about it was about the freedom, there. dude. It was about the freedom. Getting the getting the hundred dollar steak just because it looks good. You know, <laughs> playing and I'm not a golfer, but playing golf on the Tuesday just because you can. I wanted the freedom, man. That was yeah. the thing. And these guys are doing it right in front of you every day. Every single day. And you're like, wait a second. These guys are and that's cool that you said one of them they'll, they'll take you under the wing because that's what I find a lot of wealthy people are. They're looking for students yeah, or, or people that will soak up some of the stuff they kind of know about yep. and how they are golfing on a Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. The, the right hungry young kid that says, tell me more. Mm-hmm. And what do you need? I'm going to go jump for it. I'll, what do you, tell me what you need right now because I'm about to make it happen. Right oh, at my weird. little country club, right? Service, whatever you need. I got you. Everything. You need man. a beer from the name girl cart? I'll get that lady over here in two seconds. Right? You name it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, I tell you what, man, just, and that's the other thing too, is just showing up daily. I mean, 90, 90% of people don't show up, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So just showing up and uh, geez, it, it really did. It really did pay off. And I've kept in touch with a lot of those guys and, and we've done deals together. Um, Oh, that's beautiful. So, and that's and the other piece to follow up, right? That's your systems and operation. I mean, that's what you, and we first got you like, dude, that's what am I going to ask you? What you, what, you know, what, what's your wheelhouse? What are you good at? Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you step systems and operations, man. That's, I know that's what I, I like to connect all the dots yep. and make it work. Right. That's right. And yeah. I see that. I see it like 100%. I see that that is your jam. And it's, and you've done it from I, what I think I call real world experience, mm-hmm. right? Some yeah. people are, some people, um, unfortunately get to go to college, yeah. but they don't ever learn anything. Yep. Right. That's right man. We know who those people are yep. and they couldn't get themselves out of a paper bag. <laughs> yeah. That's just the truth. <laughs> it's so true, man. It's so true. Yeah. It's funny. Like, especially being uh, business partners with Adam, like he is a, just a huge, huge visionary. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got huge ideas and I'm very much the integrator. Yeah. And so they come to me and be like, Chad, I got this idea. And I'll be like, Adam, I don't know if there's technology that even supports that yet. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> very, very, I'm very much the integrator of it. And it's super fun, man. It's super, super fun. Now that, and that really, so that really is a, so you funny that you just got, talked about visionary and integrator. So we just, our companies went through traction EOS system. Yep, and and every really good business has a visionary, which I absolutely am, and then there's an integrator, which I actually don't have in my company yet. We're like, that's the one thing we've identified that we need, 
mm-hmm. someone that can really understand how to connect all the dots. Not only just connect systems dots, but people dots. Absolutely. Like how do we integrate our people and our teams to get the workflow done and, and be committed to their departments, right? And that's what you do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And everybody needs an integrator. I agree, man. Right? I, I mean, otherwise, you know, like you can have some amazing ideas, but if if they don't flourish and and get to the get to market to see an ROI in the business, it's it's tough, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, like like you said, you like what your first part you talked about, like keep your job till you get some supplemental income. That's an operations mindset. <laughs> the yeah. visionary would say, just go jump out of the plane, right? Yep. Build your parachute. But an operations guy would be like, hold on. That's not a really good way to do it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. a little more thought comes into it. Mm-hmm. Start getting your designs for you know your parachute way beforehand and plan yeah. this thing out a little bit better, which yeah. I think a lot of people need. They need yeah. a little bit of planning. They need to have a kind of an idea. But then what you did is you just relentlessly went towards it no matter what. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How does that feel and to be on that on the other side of it a little bit, dude? Ah, man, that, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's days where I've cried out of happiness. That's what I want you to do I now. Just, <laughs> I just, uh, I mean, dude, you know, just I, to this day, man. Think about the pain, dude, that you had to go through, right? Ah, uh, dude. There's not a day. I mean, there's a lot. Most people won't ever really know what it's like to not like know how you're going to pay your rent next month. Like not a lot of people are going to know that pain. Right. And so almost every day I think back to sitting in, in Colorado gets cold, man. I mean, I was parking cars in the winter, dude. It was like 15 (laughs) degrees. I can't even feel my feet type of deal. Yeah. And I just remember going back to that pain, you know, being like, Oh, I got a $10 tip. Right. You won't even get me out of bed today. You won't even get me out of bed for $10 now. Right. So (laughs) it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a bittersweet thing. And, and when there's times where I I need to go back to that and to, to re refuel the hunger sometimes and not get comfortable and not take too many vacations for the dirt bikes and the motorcycles. Yeah, no, I I get it. It's, you know, like, but you got to, so I believe every successful entrepreneur, and I, I mean, I believe this wholeheartedly, goes through something which you just described, right? Mm-hmm. Can look back and see it was that moment right there. I remember it vividly that I could, I could have turned and walked away or I could have kept on persevering. I chose to persevere, even though I didn't need, know where my next whatever is coming from, my paycheck, mm-hmm. how I was going to pay my rent. And yet I'm still telling the world that I'm a successful real estate entrepreneur and you need to give me your money fact right <laughs> putting on that face knowing like fuck i don't even know how to, i'm gonna pay my bills this month yet when i show up i'm showing up and i'm chad whitfield i'm i'm the guy mm-hmm. and you're faking it but that's what you do and people don't understand that reality i think and i want to be really <laughs> clear about it because i think that's where i came from yeah is you better suck it up and you know the Japanese have three different hearts and five different faces, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I've learned to be very Japanese. Keep my inner thoughts way deep, Barry. Yep. And and put the face out that that uh, is pleasing and and that people like. Oh, that's he's always happy, but sometimes they don't know the turmoils that you're going through. And yeah, the the people that really are successful, I think they are the best at disguising that pain and their troubles and and putting on the can do attitude and just saying, I'm going to figure out a way Yeah. when they're home by themselves. That's when, that's when you'll 
you'll release it a little bit and be like, damn, dude, but it's getting the little wins, right? Right. I, I'll tell you what, though, man, looking back on it, I wouldn't change it for the world. Damn right. I mean, that made me who I am today. It showed me it showed me so much about myself, what I what I can persevere through and, and the discipline and, and just it showed me that I can eat shit if I need to, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't change it for nothing. So what yeah. what's that? What a great story, man. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I, appreciate I didn't know we we're going to go down this route, but I love it. Right. Because it's, it's very authentic. And I think, I don't know, man, entrepreneurship's hard. It is. It's not for everybody, man. You know, <laughs> I'm tired of seeing, I'm tired of seeing the, the stuff online, like, you know, Jason Capital and all these, all these influencers. Oh, be an entrepreneur, quit your job. Man, it's not for everybody. It's just not. You have to. Yeah. And it is fine, right? That's completely fine. (laughs) But for the ones that do, it is a journey, right? And sometimes you're looking at a book called three feet from gold or something like that. I think it's called, I'm trying to think of who wrote it, but anyways, I mean, your, your success can be right around the corner and you don't know it. Right. Very true. And, but you just got to keep on taking the ax pick and then just, and hedging it and hedging it. And eventually you just, you claw your way out of something. And then you look back and you're like, damn, that's who I used to be. And that's, yep. the, I think to me, that's the best part. Cause I love it. Like you mean, you have kind of a, you know, I came from nothing and it is something to be kind of like, when you look and get around your peers, like all the buddy, all the buddies you went to high school with and college with, right. Who's laughing now. Right. who's laughing now when your friends uh your friends start asking you to hire them that's when it gets fun right but yeah i mean for me like the really funny thing Corey, is when i first got started and i was kind of like putting on that hat like i felt like i kind of had something to prove to everybody yeah right like i had to prove that i knew what i was talking about and i was i was gonna make it and I, i was gonna be okay and this that and the other thing and it was always like that was always on my shoulder, man. And, yeah. and now that I've like gone through it, man, I just feel like I got nothing to prove to you nobody. Take it off, don't you? You take stop. it off. Yeah, man. I don't care at all, man. It doesn't you know? It's just for myself. Yeah, yeah. You know? Your so, ego left it w- way behind, right? You're like, dude, oh, I'm not yeah. even trying to be somebody that I'm not. I'm just a regular human being. It's gone. Yeah, you don't, it, and you don't even want to equate anybody with success and like your money or anything. no. I'm just a hard worker. Yep. I just, I do, I work every day. I play, I play as often as I can, you know, and, and I'm just doing, I'm just doing Chad. Yeah. Riding right. bikes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and so that, and that's, I believe most people want that life, but most people don't really want a Grant Cardone life. I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I know I don't, I'm the anti that I can't say, I want to throw up when I think about the name. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 10 X everything. No, bro. I'm not trying, like, you may have to 10X your hustle and grind when you first start, because we all have to go through a period of you got to get it done. But eventually, man, no, you want to learn to marathon, dude, and just be like, I don't have to show off. I don't need to, I don't want to be like, what does he do at night? (laughs) You know, what does he do for fun? What does he do for fun? (laughs) Right. And how many people are fake when they see him? It's very true. I think that's the thing I, see. I I I get scared of the most in this business. I don't. What do you? I mean, this business is a great business. You know what the thing about this business? Most people are pretty damn authentic, man. Yeah, I would say so too. 
even more so than my single family world, right? So I go to single yeah. family world, uh, you know, events, and dude, they're the worst, man. How how good they're doing, right? Multifamily guys will kind of tell you how it is. I think yeah. they're a lot more they're a lot more open about what they're doing and what they're going through. I, but I don't know if it's just because it's passive income. We're all geared a little bit different for a long term, longer term play. Right. What do you think? Um, it's tough to say, man. It's really tough to say. I just, I feel like, you know, I've come across people who want to talk the big game and and do that thing. And you just don't see them around for very long. Yeah. You know, the people you see around for the long time are the, are the authentic people. The ones that that don't say a whole lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, They don't say a lot. They just just keep grinding, right? They're the ones that I see sticking around. You know, all the people that I've came that have come to me, oh, Oh, I see you're in multifamily. Yeah. They say, oh, well, I just did 300 units and I'm looking at 500 units. And I'm doing this, this, and this. You don't see them around for too long, man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. They grind out. Um, well, speaking of some education, you guys actually have an event coming up, right? We do. Yep. You want to plug it? Yeah. Yeah. The Raising, <laughs> the raising Money Summit. It's uh, October 1st through the 4th. And if you're looking to start, you know, attracting private capital, like we've been talking about today, it's definitely for you. You know, I think a lot of people are being taught to chase money, call your brothers, call your aunts, call your uncles, go to the, go to the nicest restaurant and bug five people. Yeah. I don't know if if you're looking to, looking to get your name out there, start attracting private capital the right way. It's, it's it's for you for sure. It's, it's honey, money. right? You, you attract it with honey, not with like uh, being a pest. Exactly. Right? Pest <laughs> pest gets fly swatted. Right? Yep. Yep. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I've been to this event. I actually spoke uh, to you one that you guys had uh, last year. Now yeah. is this one going to be live or is this one to be online? This will be online. Okay. This one will be online. Yep. Yeah. Great event, man. Like the one thing I will I will say that was very um, refreshing is that your speaker lineup, and I know this because Adam really did this to me and made sure that, Corey, what are you speaking on exactly? What are you bringing up value? And can I see your slide deck? Kind of like he wanted to make sure that there was value being taught and not a sales pitch. Exactly, yeah. And I thought because of that, what we saw at that event was really great, you know, here's how to Here's how to do this. Here's how to do that. And man, That's we right. came we came out with. I took my whole team, and we came out of that with uh, lots of uh, little nuggets, man. And um, you know, it's always like a little tweak. You know, when you start, you already get some stuff, but I'll tweak it a little bit. It was great, mm-hmm. man. You guys put on a really good event. Highly, highly recommend. How do they get? How do they get it again? Raisingmoneysummit.com. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I remember, uh, I remember plugging out your books, man, at the event, man. We had a swarm on the stage for the book, for the signed book. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were that the MC, right? I was the MC, man. Yeah, I was like, hey, Chad, <laughs> give this book away or give these two books away. And so yeah, at the end, you're up. like, hey, I got this book. So all of a sudden, it was like, wham, these two, I can't remember who it was. They were fighting out of getting out of the chairs, right? <laughs> hey, you know what somebody taught me a long time ago? I can't remember who it was. Uh, I'll think of his name. Um, oh gosh, he was a speaker, but he was—he's was always talking about the book, right? He's like, sometimes, like, you need to be an author of, and you need to. Are you an author? I'm not. 
Okay, soon to be. Need to be. Soon to be. Okay, good. <laughs> and everybody goes, now, everybody thinks they need to write the book. And when I'm saying the book, if you're watching me on YouTube, you see that I got about three inches, right? No, the book is could be like a five-pager, right, truly. It's just enough to say you've got a book. Exactly. And the book is all you need, right? And when you have a book and you go to speak at an event, you make sure you bring the book. Because the best part of having the book is then you can sign the book and it automatically creates authority. And so someone taught me, he's like, every time you're on stage, make sure you give away a book or bring books, try to get a signing, like, Hey, offer, offer audiences, the book. Hey, listen, mm-hmm. I'll be glad to speak. Can I give everybody a copy of my book? Right. And then you say, and then, and I'll actually sign them too. So I did that. I did that at Sean Terry's event. And, uh, I was at a, it was like 500 room. And I said, Hey, I'll give everybody a book. And I said, can I just do it uh, when you go on your lunch break? Right. And he's like, yeah, that's no problem. So I set up a table. I had all my books and dude, I had a line all around like the whole atrium. They took a picture of it. That's awesome. And I just signed everybody's book, dude. And it gave me instant cred authority. Oh yeah. Huge. Yeah. A little things, right? Yeah. Dude, I can't wait. What's your, what's your book going to be about? What's that? What's your book going to be about? TBD. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I got it. I, I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you if you need help writing it, right? I've got a guy that will interview you and get it done quick. Love it. Yeah, I might, so, might take you up on that. Yeah, take me out there. Got buy back it. some of my. Got to keep buying back my time too. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Chad. What a wonderful time to have you on the uh, on my podcast. And I really just uh, I really appreciate all the time you spent and uh, you know the valuable nuggets that you gave in the beginning. And for anybody that's looking just to get a hold of you or your or your company, where do they, where do they go other than the the private money summit? We have a Facebook group called Raising Money Secrets on Facebook. Spend some time with us in there. Tons of free, awesome, awesome, awesome content in there. And uh, add me on Facebook as well. It's by far where I'm most active. So, What motorcycle page do you hang around at? Oh, that's dude. I don't know if I can tell. Okay. All right. You don't have to say it. I do, I do too much illegal stuff on motorcycles to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, guys, if you're listening right now, uh, you know, here, Chad. Chad's coming to us, 27 years old, uh, you know, living the life that most people would only dream of. He's got time. He's got money. But he didn't start there. He, he had to put a little bit of work in. And that's, it's an amazing thing about work is he first started, he said he had a vision. He, he said to himself, I kept my vision focused, right? And that was like, that was, that made him relentless in his pursuit of it. Guys, in everything that you do, if you if you want to succeed, the first thing you got to do is you got to believe it. Because if you believe it, you can achieve it and your paradise is possible. <laughs>